Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jesse, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Halo Halo podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people. Welcome to our taste test episode where we sample something fresh from the pop culture buffet, and then we'll tell you what we think. On this episode of The Taste Test, we sample The Unusual Suspects, a limited series now streaming on HBO Max, or if you're in Canada like us, on Crave. Mm. Kuya! Now, I talked about this limited series back in November, and I'm glad that we had time to watch it. So, what did it taste like to you? Mm. So, it actually reminded me of my birthday cake last year. So, in December of 2021, which was a 13-layer chocolate cake, 64% guayaquil (laughs) ganache with (laughs) vanilla ice cream and chocolate sauce. Oh, That was like food porn that you just described. It (laughs) really was. It was rich, decadent, and yet not too overwhelming and was enough to feed six people, believe it or not. (laughs) You know, a slice of that cake. It was scrumptious to the core and just like this mini-series, it had it all. Intrigue, drama, comedy, and yet it was light and never taking itself too, too seriously at the same time. What about you? What, What did it taste like for you? I had a red velvet ube cupcake mm. from the Tamis restaurant. I ordered mm. it, picked it up. It was fantastic. Again, I agree with you. Deep, rich, velvety ube flavor mixed in. It was like a four-episode telesario, like Australian Neighbors meets Esperanza. <laughs> I loved it. This was just, I stumbled upon it. I'm like, Kuya, we need to watch this. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, this is a great little delicious thing Mm, and mm, delicious mm. little show. And was it worth those rich pop culture calories for you? Oh, very much so. Very These four mini series episodes or these four tasty morsels is really kind of afterwards. I just find myself savoring each episode after watching it. I was just kind of giddy watching it going, oh my God, what's going to happen next? I was really pleasantly surprised. Although it was a heist film, it didn't shy away from making a commentary on the working conditions of domestic yes. workers and the yeah. impact of lives on domestic workers. So for example, broken families from the Philippines, as well as like commenting on racism in Australia. And I just thought to myself, fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. They weren't preachy about it. They just showed these awkward interactions that it's like, I know that that happens. Like when I've talked to people that I know have been domestic workers, whether it's in Australia, Canada, or around the world for that matter, very much so. And I have had family members that have been domestic workers. It was interesting to see this, again, what feels like a fluffy four-part series actually make some really big commentaries on the lives of domestic workers. So how about you? I agree. And for our listeners, like this fulfilling like miniseries, it's about a social media influencer, her nanny, a Filipino owner of a spa, and her nanny, a retired lawyer, they face some money issues and devise a way to steal a $16 million necklace to solve their various money problems. You mix that in with a lot of the themes that Kuya Jez just mentioned, like broken families from the Philippines, the 
foreign worker program, racism in Australia, microaggressions, it's all balled up in there. And it's shocking because you're like, oh, this seems like sort of light. And it's interesting. And I'll talk a little bit more of like how the plot shifts for the mm. characters. Mm-hmm. And it was just enjoyable. And even those only four episodes, Kuya, did you feel like it was like a whole season? It like, was it certainly kept, like a like, whole season. Yeah. 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 And I think part of it had to do with the fact that they kept telling some of the story in flashbacks or flash That's forwards right. for that matter. Yeah. And so... I think that that's kind of what helped it seem longer, but it was just the right amount of time. I think any more maybe would have tipped it over the scale. It allowed it to kind of keep pace. So it was really great that way in terms of how it was presented to us. What did it remind you in the pop culture buffet? Automatically, I thought of Ocean's 8. But just a little bit funnier. I did find that Ocean's 8 sometimes with Sandra Bullock needed to kind of work through the humor here. I just found it really natural and just really more kind of like, I can't believe us being these unskilled people trying to pull off a heist. And I think (laughs) that that just made it it. more funnier as opposed to an Ocean's 8, which was skilled. Seamless. Yes, that's right. Here it was just like, what else is going to go wrong in this heist? And are they going to still pull it off? I think you captured that exactly what it is, where you think like, oh, you see this beautiful necklace and it'll have all these turns, but all of a sudden, boom, this happens. Boom, this happens. Mm. Oh, God. Money's a stressor. It's inventing Anna. It's a simple favor. It's malice. But (laughs) I think that's what made it relatable. Like, Mm, not not everything's perfect, right? So, this group of women... Yes, all women. Women who are yes. the mastermind, right? Like, okay, what are we going to do to fix this? Yeah. And from this, uh, what did you appreciate about it most? If we can get a little bit more specific in, in yeah, this Yeah, I really appreciated what I had just mentioned just moments earlier was the quiet moments of really illustrating the on-the-ground difficulties of the sending regime of the Philippines. Where That's these right. Overseas foreign workers or domestic workers or nannies are really seen as a primary source of income. And that the wealth of the Philippines especially past the 80s, is really built on the back of women and their sacrifice. That's right. And it's just fascinating that you see these in the moments in between the heist is being pulled or being planned. And I just thought, great, great message to put out there. And it's a truthful message that the wealth of the Philippines is built on the backs of women and their sacrifice. And I really love the commentary of how you shouldn't underestimate your nanny or that's to your peril or detriment in some ways. And so they do, and no, we're not actually revealing too much because sometimes even though some of the series was predictable, it was still a pleasure to watch. Hashtag love your nanny, I just thought was a fantastic tag line, but I think it should also have been hashtag don't underestimate your nanny as well. I totally agree. Like, there's major twists in there, and like, the main character is Evie, mm. played by Aina Domlao, and then Sarah Beasley, Miranda Otto, who you think is actually the main character, but really, Evie stole the show. Like, yes. they were the center plot, and she was the, right. the nanny, but she was the one that held the cards, which was fantastic. And not only you had Evie and Sarah, there was parallel plots. So there was right. Amy and Roxanne. So Roxanne, who had previously been a nanny, makes a name for herself, owns a spa with her husband, who just, like, pilfered his millions. And she had Amy, her nanny, her best friend, like, her really good friend, Tita almost, who overstayed her visa and could not go back to the Philippines. So mm-hmm. Roxanne having guilt and saying, okay, let's create a retirement fund and her husband swindled it 
Yeah. So yeah. she felt like owing to Amy, like, oh my God, to Amy, I what did I do to you? On the flip side, you have Gigi, who's this new girl coming from the Philippines, who people keep on <laughs> saying, isn't that Roxanne's sister? She's like, no. And she's just like, I don't want to be a foreign worker. I want to make my own plan as a life coach. I don't mm. want to subside to this. And she ends up being this fun cursory character who ends up being part of the plot with Birdie, who's this right. retired lawyer that lives down the street. The microaggressions are there. It's very interesting. The issues of bilocal buying situations, like Kuya said, and Evie trying to relate to Melanie when, you know, on social media, it makes her look like she's, you know, a doña and her ex, her husband in the Philippines is like, how are you not sending us money? You're on social media on these posts. It's just great little turns. But I have to say my favorite line mm, yeah. is the mother-in-law of Roxanne just being annoying and Gigi's going, here, eat this. It's cuchinta. Eat it. <laughs> and there's it's nothing good. like Yeah, and she eats it. There's nothing like white people being stupid in this movie. But she eats it and goes, oh, this is actually really tasty. And I was yes. just like, this is just a great, fun throwaway line. Yes. Despite her, the racism of that particular character, that was quite yeah. funny to, to see. Yeah, and then it was just nice to see Filipino food and lots and lots oh, of Tagalog yeah. spoken through. Out. Which was wonderful, like bruja, and just them just putting on the hands. Yeah, you know what? I am a bruja. Like they're just empowering themselves, and it's just wonderful. And it's just, it's nice to see these types of plots and these types of stories being told. Yeah. I don't want them to look like the victim. I want them to be able to overcome, and it's nice to see this. Would you sample this again? I would totally sample it again, and I would take even more note of all the little ways that they kind of talked about these structural inequalities. Right. Yeah, I would really watch it again more for the analysis, again, on the working conditions of nannies, because they had so much to say in four episodes. You know, they talked about working time, the lack of privacy for nannies or overseas foreign workers. They talked about wage theft and then the taxing, caring labor that they have to provide. And then also this whole concept of social reproduction as an export for the Philippines. You know, just clever, clever writing where it wasn't preachy, but it was like, oh, but you're actually showing on the ground systemically what ends up happening in the world. And so I would totally watch it again for that. How about you? Would you sample it again? We'll probably have a big showing at Easter when I go to the dues because I want right. my mom, my dad, Auntie Josie, my Uncle Danny to watch it. And I would definitely love rec- it. And I'll totally recommend this. This is a fun binge that's light. Great representation. Gives them a break from like TFC normally. But like yes. you said, Kuya, it really does expose some of these microaggressions, some of the issues of being a foreign worker and what they're dealt with. And you're right. There's such a light touch, but such truthful like storytelling. Yeah, really truthful storytelling is really a good way of kind of framing that. Who would you recommend it to? I would certainly recommend it to my aunts, actually, for those, especially that have been overseas foreign workers. But I would also say anyone who wants a smart cat and mouse chase. It was a very clever film. And despite the chase, I would say... I would recommend it to anyone that likes a shell game and watching a shell game. That's like it. kind of, where's the necklace now? Who has the necklace? How are they going to get the necklace, right? Like one big shell game. Yeah, so those were the, the people that I would recommend it to. Who would you recommend it to? The same thing. And let's be honest, when Kuya said the shell game, it's a definitely great payoff. Great to say payoff. The least. It's Such a great, a great payoff. payoff. It yeah. is a great payoff. Well, now, folks... We hope you enjoyed this taste test. If you have any ideas as our season four progresses, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at holoholopulpculture at gmail.com. Tell us if you watched The Unusual Suspects after us recommending. Email us at 
hollowhollowpopculture at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at hollowhollowpop. And we're on Instagram at hollowhollowpopculture. The Hollow Hollow Podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Rate us and leave a review. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Chel Turingen. And we'll see all of you guys again real soon. See you soon.